Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by KMT Partners. I'm Andrew Montesi. In this episode, I talk to Dan Smith, who is country manager for Mass Challenge, a startup accelerator with a global network throughout Boston, London, Mexico, Adelaide, and more. Dan has had significant exposure to startup and new business programs. We talk about a range of issues, including the purpose of a startup accelerator, other new business programs, and the different functions on offer. And then there's the big question, which program, if any, is right for you? We also talk about startup ecosystems and how startups can transition out of the safety net of these supportive programs and into the real world. We also talk to three startup founders who have just been through the Mass Challenge program who talk about the birth of their companies. This podcast is brought to you by KMT Partners. KMT is a leading accounting and wealth management advisory firm in South Australia, assisting you to emerge, renew, grow and build resilience in business, themes which are central to this podcast series. For more information, visit kmtpartners.com.au. Enjoy our chat. Dan, welcome to the podcast. G'day, Andrew. Thanks for having me. First question, what is the purpose of a startup accelerator? Well, <laughs> good question. Uh, perhaps we'd start a bit more broadly because there's accelerators, there's startup programs, there's incubators, co-working spaces, mm. a bunch of things out there, and they all somewhat fit together loosely, some tighter than others. Um, so I guess in terms of what's out there in Adelaide at the moment, there's, there's been a huge explosion probably in the last five years or so. And uh, actually a good place to have a look, um, there's a group called Startup Adelaide and their website, startupadelaide.com.au, has a list which would cover a, a most probably of the ecosystem out there and there's some mapping done by Paul Daly uh, some time ago that others have added to and you can get a really good feel for most of what's out there and then a little bit more research. So all of the universities, so the, well, the three big universities of Flinders, um, Adelaide and UniSA all have some accelerators or programs, some of them you can do as part of your degree even. Uh, they they are, might include a business competition, uh, business planning competition or a pitching competition component. There are prizes. Uh, so there's that angle. They're usually a shorter, shorter term, might be a, a few weeks up to maybe a couple of months for each one. The Chamber of Commerce runs a program called SAYES, South Australian Young Entrepreneur Scheme, which I ran from about 2007 for, for five years or so. That one aims at earlier stage startups. It goes for a year, you get mentoring, it's workshops, those sorts of things. So there's a longer term one, but for a more early stage business. The co-working spaces, so these are great places. It can be very isolating being an entrepreneur and working at home. So these are good places to go and meet other people. There are often workshops or other programs associated with them. Uh, so you can get a combination of things there and you can get out of the house. Mm. <laughs> uh, they can be mixed as well. And some people say they love going there a couple of days a week to socialise, but when they want to do the hard work, they're at home. And other people say the opposite. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. at home playing games and the fridge is a bit too close. <laughs> so they like to go there and do the hard work. So it's, it's about finding the right fit. Uh, clubs and groups, I mentioned Startup Adelaide, so they have a good Facebook group where you can meet people and, and, and find other programs. So, so I guess in terms of what the goals of all these things are, it, it depends. Um, they're, they're often themed or have a particular target market. Mm. So there might be a certain industry. We had uh, Techstars um, drop into Adelaide last year and they've got a defence focus. It's a four-month accelerator. Um, 
you get some cash, they take some equity in your business and then they give you international connections and mentoring. So, so you've spent four months of really intensive work with them and they're, they're invested in you. So an accelerator is kind of what it says. It's built to accelerate a startup business, but it could mm. vary depending on the stage of the business. Accelerators have those different themes that you talked about. Yeah. It seems to be the common thread is like support, mentoring mm. and and that boost Almost, yeah. and a bit of a framework around like I know when I've been involved in startups and some of them almost before the time of these programs and some of them in the early stage of these programs and you, you honestly sometimes just don't know where to start you have an idea and it's kind of like, mm. well, what's next yes and that's where some of the confusion comes in and it's the same with the word mentoring there's different meanings for it and accelerators now and, and startup has taken the place of starting a small business or and people have different definitions and so accelerator uh, for, for you know the, the most part is about something that's already up and running has some sort of traction or is well down the product development path uh for instance, in uh, Mass Challenge, which I'm currently uh, managing in Australia, I think there were about four out of our top 15 that were pre-revenue. Everybody else had some revenue. So they're already moving along and you're accelerating and boosting them to that next stage, which might be investor ready or export or, yeah. So we have up to a million dollars turnover and up to a quarter of a million uh, in investment as our target. Mm. Whereas if you're a Young entrepreneur scheme, for instance, it's a kitchen table, might be a kitchen table business, don't know what cash flow is, never run a business mm. before. Um, and often all of this is caught under accelerator or startup programs. So it's about sifting out and knowing what those are. But mm. the core accelerators are usually, you know, four months, you may or may get some cash, there's some prizes, pitch competition, lots of connections and mentoring. Mm. Rightly or wrongly, there seems to be perceptions out there that, well, you know, these are just targeted for for tech companies and I've got a little small business idea but it, you know I don't know whether it's tech or not and I don't know if these are right for me mm. is are there programs out there for typical businesses as well this is a really good question and there's been a big push towards tech highly scalable if you're not going to be a billion dollar business don't get out of bed uh, and that's okay. And some, and this is about knowing what you're applying for and where to get the help. So there are accelerators that want that. And if you apply and you're something else, you're wasting your time. Mm. There are, you know, at the lower end, uh, and I say lower in terms of your education and knowledge of business, there's less, um, but they are out there. And that, and so even with Mass Challenge, so that is a broader base. We've had agriculture and, and you know, we have the, the tech and, and that sort of thing, but we also look at scientific impact, and and we look at um, humanitarian impact as as modifiers. So mm. if there's something out there that can hit those buttons, so you've got to know what what the accelerator is mm. looking for. But the the young entrepreneur scheme, the business enterprise centres, there's a bunch of business hubs. They have a lot of that kind of education for starting out. Mm. So as an example, I mean, we're talking about the many and varied programs out there. If we look at mass challenge which you've been overseeing um more recently mm. like can you give us a snapshot of how that works yeah so so mass challenge is one of the biggest startup accelerators in the world it's based out of out of boston in the u.s uh mass is from massachusetts so so something like that has a couple of different programs they have uh, for starters they they you know they're um the catch cry is the most startup friendly accelerator in the world and the reason is they're not for profit they take no equity. Um, there's, there's no there's no cost. I think for the big accelerator overseas, there might be an application fee, but then that's it. 
and they give away millions of dollars in, in US dollars every year in cash prizes to startups with no equity. So they're, they're, um, they're very much about, it's about the mission, it's a not-for-profit. We want to build businesses, build, you know, and, and, and create um, wealth and opportunity and, and benefits to the communities. So um, in terms of mass, there's the main accelerators. So they run in, I think, four or five countries now. I'm actually just looking at my... Um, my list here because <laughs> I'll forget the um, the other ones. <laughs> but uh, so the key ones um, is Boston and also Austin and, and um, the US, Mexico, Israel, and Switzerland. But then we run and that, so that's the full accelerator, the four months. There's prize money, that sort of thing. But the bridge program, which is what we run in Australia, runs in another nine countries. Um, so that might you know includes Colombia, France, Korea, Morocco, Poland, wow. and a couple of others. And we launched in Australia last year, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, and then this year we ran the national in Adelaide. This is a, a sort of a lighter touch program where we'll take the top 15 applicants and they have to be under a million turnover and up to a quarter of a million in investment, and we run them through a, a, a week-long intensive boot camp. So this year we had... Uh, we had Two fly out from Boston and one from Switzerland, so we had mentors and speakers. And last year we had UK, um, America and Switzerland as well. So they'll come out and share and we had, um, we had some really great speakers. And then we pulled together some locals, some, some big names, some people you might not know of, some younger entrepreneurs that have made it that they can identify with more quickly. Uh, and that week culminates in a pitch competition and the prize at the end of that is the top five get it all expenses paid trip to Boston. So we're heading in June and we'll spend another week there meeting investors and mentors and seeing the, you know, the, the whole vibe of Boston and there'll be 100 startups from all around the world that will join them. Wow. So it's a looser structure and then ongoing mentoring. Yeah. We do a 90-day uh, sort of strategy with them and we, we form mentoring around what specifically they're up to now and what they need. It seems like the, the global network is, is critical because, you know, mo- most startup founders would or should have global aspirations, but, you know, we're in a very connected world, but that doesn't make it a whole lot easier to just go and mm. kick, kick the door down of, uh, of your first US-based client. So how, how does that work in terms of an accelerator role an accelerator's role in helping facilitate some of those connections. Yeah, a, a warm introduction is everything, and and it's not just the mentors and the investors; it's the alumni of these these as well, where you can start to find um, people to work with. Uh, so yeah, it's our job to to locally and internationally connect people up with who they might want to see. So one of the speakers that came up from Boston um, ran people through a, a workshop that was highly regarded on on. Um, sort of their partner network and so now um the poor guy's on skype every five minutes analyzing everyone's version of his plan (laughs) (laughs) um so so there's the advice part um the the one thing that was really interesting visiting boston last year is so so i found that there's this bit of um you know it's there's not much in adelaide and all the rest of it it's completely untrue The, the in terms of the education and the mentors that are available here not in huge volume but they are high quality. I think they were easily as good as what I saw over there, on par. What's different is the size of the market and the, and the, the finance that's available, and that was another world. Um, mm. So if we can connect those two things together, that's a really good thing. Mm. So coming back to the ecosystem, in terms of working out where my business fits or my startup 
fits. What are the key questions I should be asking myself to be able to determine the next steps? You might not know the right questions to ask. Mm. That's the big thing. (laughs) Um, To get better answers, you need to ask better quality questions, Mm. I think is one of the Tim Ferriss's Mm. um, sayings. But uh, so it's about talking to people. And so I think the the starting place is to get to some of these networking events or or to to try and maybe track down some of these mentors or people. And they hang around at these startup events. It's a small place in Adelaide. You wouldn't need to hit many people to find some of the nodes. And, uh, and it says talking to people that have been in programs, um, what worked for you, what didn't, and then talking to, finding somebody you can, who can help you figure out what don't I know, mm. where should I be fitting in. Um, because like I say, if you pick the wrong one, it won't work. And there are different uh, thoughts on what we should be doing, growing jobs. If you're not doing an export potential business, you're wasting your time. If you're not scalable, and I'm being, you know, a little bit facetious, yeah, but, sure. but the, the, there are people who believe certain things and they're looking for that. And, and um, But I look at it a different way and when you tie the whole ecosystem, and I don't like that word, but I'm using it because it's what it is. When you tie all that together, the underlying thing is building capacity. So I don't mind if someone's starting a lawn mowing round or a car wash. If we can teach them about cash flow and, and, and business models and that, this kind of thing, who knows what they might do next. Mm. And we've seen a bunch of that in the past where I can point to people in programs that failed or did something small and I'm thinking one now at the moment has over 100 employees full time. Uh, in their 30s mm. so these things so it's a it's we can't pick winners we don't know where someone's going to go and if i've learned anything from the mentors and interviewing these people it's about the person and their personality not necessarily the idea mm. so let's build capacity and training and see what happens well on that it's perfect um lead into my next question which is on mindset so i would imagine that with these accelerators to some extent you you get out of it what you put in um, and having mm. the right approach, I would imagine you'd, you're more likely to get more out of it. So based on all the entrepreneurs you've worked with, mentors, programs that you've seen, like what type of person gets a lot out of these mm. accelerators and what are they, what's their approach like? Yeah, uh, very variable, but there are, you know, as always, some generalisations. All right, first up is some people absolutely suck the program dry (laughs) like they are they will meet everyone that's up for offer regardless of whether they know what they're going to do with that information yet um you know very enthusiastic the persistence thing is a trait that always comes out like starting a business there's going to be you're going to get belted around the head a few times and people who just keep going Mm. Um, sometimes there's a fine line between flogging a dead horse and knowing you know knowing when to when to quit but in general just keep going um coachable coachability always comes up and the mentors as well it's if if people are listening and analyzing and then making a decision that's good it doesn't mean they're doing what mentors are describing or what they see in a workshop because you need to make your own decisions on your business and you can often get conflicting information all right because we it's not simple maths um you know business there's lots of ways to do the same thing but if they're listening and they can talk about it and, and, and they're open, huge. Mm. Uh, you can find some really amazing people that are just on their own track and it doesn't work mm. most of the time. Mm. It's interesting um, how people respond 
to feedback because working with mentors, working in a program, you know, mm. a three to four month program, you're getting feedback all the time. If you've got a, if you're a bit thin skinned and, and maybe um, protective over the original idea of the business, then I'd imagine it might be tough. But yes. also it's that, that balance where if you reacted to every single piece of feedback you got and altered your business accordingly, you'd be jumping left, right and centre. Absolutely. Uh, yes. And and uh, I guess there's one thing with all of this. So, so once you dive into this, particularly if you're new and you start getting all these different programs, and people do, don't just do one these days, right? They do a bunch of programs. There's a lot of overlap with the mentors because the base is only so big. It can be overwhelming, confusing, and you just end up throwing your hands in the air. And so there's, there's one mentor, um, Neil Tuckwell, who uh, who's said to, to the group last time, don't confuse networking and competitions with the real work. So don't get just... It can, you can feel busy and sucked in and going to networking and doing workshops and feel like you're building the business and, and that's not the real work. That's not building a business. So that's one thing. And the other one's another... Tim, one of Tim Ferriss's books says, what would this look like if it was simple? And just asking you the, yourself that question because once you've got all that information in the Mixmaster, you, ne- you know, you need to create a value proposition for a particular group and find out how to communicate with them. Like just cut mm. it right back mm. <laughs> and and start again mm. um, because, yeah, you, you, you make your own decisions and it's a simple goal. Don't mm. get caught up. Absolutely. So what about life after the startup program? How does someone go from what might be uh, an insular, perhaps regimented few months into the real world mm. and not fall in a heap? Yeah, it's, uh, this is a, a good one too, particularly some of the shorter ones or competitions. You need to find that mentor really. You know, it's almost like that personal coach. Uh, mm. You need... Someone, you know, if you know that they're waiting for you to turn up, <laughs> you're more likely to do things. You know, some people need that push, mm. or it's your, your co-founders who push you along as well. You know, if you if you have them, uh, and yeah, the, we we do a number of things. So what I found is in the background, a lot of the mentors will bond and they can stay together for years. It depends if it's the right mix or not. A lot of that's about personality as much as skill and available time. There are roundtables, which are excellent. There's a few, um, there's, there's two or three uh, in Adelaide that are really good that you can join. And a roundtable, so that is an ongoing kind of monthly thing where you get together with other founders because talking to your, your wife, your partner, your mates about business, their eyes often glaze over. Mm-hmm. They're not on the same page. They don't understand the challenges. So you need to find these like-minded people. Um, I know the EO, the Entrepreneurs' Organisation, run... An accelerator, I think, once you get to six figures and try to get you up to seven figures, which is their membership criteria, so they run roundtables and ongoing help. So, But there's the gap often between Mm. the end of the accelerator and getting up to those levels. And you're often bootstrapping, which is a fancy word for using your own savings and scrounging and stealing (laughs) to get by. Uh, So it's not an easy one. You've got to find those those volunteer mentors and like-minded groups. Well, Dan, thanks so much for a really interesting chat. We're going to get a few of your startups in now to um, to hear from them and um, see what they say about uh, what it was like to, to go through the process. Excellent. We'll look forward to it. Will, Hugh and Richard, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's good, good to be here. Thank you very much. 
All right, I'm going to get each of you, and I'm, I'm sure you guys would have perfected this by now, but your elevator pitch, your one-liner about your startup. Go for it. Who's going first? <laughs> I nominate Will because I delegate. Yes, I'm Will Conlon, the CEO of Thinkholographic. We're building augmented reality solutions, all shapes and sizes, for the Adelaide and the wider Australian market. So our preference is integrating with um, business systems, enterprise resource planning like Oracle, SAP, and yeah, essentially building what customers are, uh, are looking for in that space. Uh, Hugh McGilvray, founder of Hop the Wall, which is a, a retail platform to, to help Australian small medium enterprise companies sell directly to China by focusing and engaging with the Chinese community that's already in Australia. Yeah. I'm Richard Kwan, the CEO of uh, Cura Technologies. Uh, we've released an uh, online marketplace for the automotive industry called Buddy Parts. And we're on a mission to increase the usage of recycled parts in repaired vehicles and make sustainable transportation the global standard and doing that here from SA. Another one for, for each of you. Um, how did you guys find your way into an accelerator? Because we were talking in the first part of the interview about this, a stack of programs out there. So how did you actually find your way to this one? I can go first on that one. I mean, there's a lot of accelerators out there. there, there there's tons. We've applied for a few and been unsuccessful. Uh, we've applied for a few and actually been successful, but then have decided that it wasn't the right fit for us. So uh, I think in the end, the one that we did um, go through was the Bridge to Mass Challenge. And, yeah, I think it's a perfect fit for us. You know, that Australia, our American market presence is, is very, very valuable to us. So what were, what were you looking for from an accelerator? I think, and it's to do with the reason why I was, you know, excited to get to be accepted into the finals for Bridge to Mass Challenge was was the four-day boot camp start off. Rather than committing to a three-month accelerator program, uh, this was four days of intensive stuff with a, with a small group that then can build on to, to further stuff as you need it in the future. Richard, did your business evolve throughout the program? I uh, definitely met uh, a lot of people and a lot of mentors that we can definitely leverage off. Um, being one of the finalists that gets to go to uh, the US, um, the, the reason why we entered was um, this, this was posted in one of the startup channels that there's this challenge um, and there were some flights to Boston at the end of it. Um, well, we wanted to increase our PR and I just said to the team, I don't know what this challenge is, we're just going to go in there and kill it. And that's what we did and then... Um, some of our team members are in the US, so we get some flights covered there, and that was a two-for-one, and being a startup, you've got to be as frugal as possible. So that's the main benefit that's, that we got from it. Awesome. What about um, the technical side? So building out your business, um, are you planning to remain in Adelaide? Is that, is that, is that the goal, or what are, the, what are kind of the next steps from a, a location perspective? Um, I, th- I think Adelaide's a very good place for, for our business um, to certainly establish itself. Uh, it's a smaller, probably more forgiving community uh, that still has, for us, and it still has a good growth in Chinese tourism coming through, plus there's a lot of Chinese studying in Adelaide universities. Um, and it has, you know, there's a lot of small businesses that are all looking to export to China here. So it's a really good base for us to grow out of and you know, I don't see why we would move to a more expensive eastern seaboard city uh, compared to growing a business in Adelaide. Yeah, so um, I think 
finding augmented reality um, customers in Adelaide has been yeah a little bit challenging, but we found three. I mean, they're they're already out there. Um, I think branching out to Western Australia, Queensland is yeah, definitely on the forefront through the next quarter, and then later on in the year, yeah, we need a pretty focused effort to look at uh, the rest of the Australian market and start looking at the North American market. I think. Predominantly, we got to uh, go global with our company sooner or later, and I think if we do that sooner, you know, the time to market's very important in, in augmented reality. It's a land grab at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I'm thinking particularly with a highly technical business um, sourcing talent, how are, you, how are you exploring that? That's is a really, really good question because Adelaide has an incredible talent pool for us. I mean, Traditionally, um, augmented reality has has been a very hard, you know, niche space to develop in. Now uh, we're getting um, game developers who are developing on the exact same software. We're getting this talent that you know people who don't want to leave Adelaide now have a, a place to go after you know being certified in computer games. And I guess it might be a, a different use of their skills, but they're definitely high value skill sets for this market. Mm. Uh, again, for for each of you, maybe starting with Richard, where's the business at? Have have you got customers? Uh, yeah, where are you at? Um, so since the mass challenge, we've we've signed up uh, two national groups. Um, we're going to have more than uh, 800,000 parts under our system, uh, which is um, a significant milestone. Um, and so those parts are, are from the largest national buying groups um, or suppliers in, in Australia. Um, so that's, that's a good head start. Um, where we're at, uh, we've got a team in... In, in Tashkent, in Uzbekistan, another team in the USA, and, a te- and our headquarters are here, and, our, and our, most of our team are here in Adelaide. Um, so the, the twofold problem that we want to solve is uh, to build Australia's next biggest tech company, which is our, is our goal, uh, and do it by headquartered in SA, which we believe is uh, the most uh, livable city in the world and uh, should be the most cost-effective with uh, incentives like Richard Turner from Zen Energy Systems trying to make electricity costs in Australia um, the cheapest in Adelaide. Um, then we also want to stop uh, exporting uh, all our talent physically. Um, more than 50% of uni students actually leave SA, so all our talent is actually going somewhere else. Um, and then we also want to then attract the best talent to come to Adelaide as well. So they're the kind of problems I'd like to solve with our company, mm. and that's why we're trying to put our foot first and go, well, we'll, we'll go and do it. Mm. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, so where Hop the Wall's at is we're still pre-revenue. Uh, we know there's a, a huge demand out there for Australian small medium enterprise companies from food to cosmetics to, to wine to engage better with this, with this Chinese community. You know, the, the, uh, the potential or the opportunity in China, everyone knows, it's 1.3 billion people plus, you know, the fastest growing consumer market in the world. But it's very, very hard to get into because it's so large. So with our, you know, there's a lot of interest around bringing that market closer and more accessible to companies. Uh, but we probably at the point of building out that team so we've got the right service ability to, to really take that opportunity forward. Talent pool? Sorry, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've probably lost track of the question. But next steps to really kickstart the business what yeah. are, the, what are the, the goals that are right at the floor look we're, we're post revenue and uh, and that's fantastic we've made more money than we've put in you know slightly uh, but I mean that's where all startups um, go to I mean the the government is offering um, grants for people um, these are 
yeah, definitely things we're, we're considering and yeah, putting our best foot forward to, you know, um, work off that. If we don't have to give away equity to an accelerator group or an angel group, uh, we won't. You know, bootstrapping is definitely the way forward. And, yeah, that's, that's really what we're trying to do now. we got to, you know, really keep an eye on that cash flow, though. It's, uh, as Richard mentioned, you know, frugality is key at this point. So where are we at with, with investment? How has that process gone in terms of dealing with investors, talking to investors, and I guess the impact of a pro- program like this to, to get you up to a level where you actually can, can pitch with confidence? Um, where we were lucky enough to, to get an early commercialisation grant through Tech and SA. So that has supplied the, the sort of funds for us to get a beta version up and running. Uh, we had a meeting about, I suppose, timing to go for investment, and we don't we don't see pre revenue as the opportunity to go for it. So we're bootstrapping, doing whatever we can do to get to that post revenue mark before we'll go out to the market and look for for capital. Where we're at is um, ten team members altogether, um, and uh, we're applying for the government grants that are available, uh, state and federal, um, but. Two weeks ago, my parents said, we'll mortgage the house, and um, the money was in the bank uh, this week, and they said they're all in, and everyone's backing us. So um, that's where we're at. That's huge. Um, we definitely want to uh, – we are going to exceed that external investment um, in the next 6 to 12 months, and it's about finding the right balance between what are the government grants available, how much capital do we need, and what's our, what's our runway and our burn rate till we hit certain profitability and, and get the return of investment for our investors, essentially. So – we're still testing the waters there in terms of proving the market and, and further um, improving our product, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, for, for, for Think Holographic, yeah, we're, we're building relationships with people. We find that's probably the most important thing. They have to be the right fit for, for our company and our company culture. Um, I think um, angel investing and seed funding tends to happen after about two years for a company. That's by uh, kind of American statistics. But um, I guess building the relationships and making sure that, you know, it's not just money we're going to take off somebody that needs to be a, you know, I guess uh, there needs to be more incentive for somebody to come on board our team. They need to offer, you know, um, their own skills, their network, um, yeah, strategic impact, and then possibly uh, institutional investing further down the track if we want to scale out you know, and, you know, take on five projects on five continents, you know, it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. You're going to need money, you're going to need people. And, yeah, I think we'll, we'll address that further down the track. Well, guys, sounds like you've made some great progress. Um, all the best. We, we look forward to getting you back and um, hopefully hearing the big update about um, some massive next steps. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to our interview. Ahead of the Game brings you business stories that will inspire and help you grow. Please subscribe to our show and to find out more, visit kmtpartners.com.au. At our website, you can also find out more about KMT's accounting and wealth advisory services, which support individuals, their family and their businesses with accounting, business, management, growth, compliance and advisory services. Get in touch at kmtpartners.com.au.